Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Judy, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you? Like, really, how are you? You know, I'm actually doing very well and just feeling so full from our God's word is food study. It's been really nourishing for me. So I hope it has been for you. You know, it's just, it's such an interesting experience to really assess how much time and energy do I spend thinking about my earthly food my physical food, compared to the time and energy I spend reading God's Word. So I love the challenge. Thank you so much for bringing it forth. And before you bring anything else forth, my friend, I'd like to pray. Oh, yes. Let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit in. Okay. Gracious Father, what a privilege it is to come before you. I think we take that for granted all too often. You are God Almighty. You are Lord Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth. And because of the blood of Jesus, we can come. We can come to you. We can talk to you. We can share our burdens with you. We can share our joys with you. You are intimately acquainted with all of our ways. What a privilege. So we come before you this day, Kim and I, asking that you speak through us, that you get us, Kim and Judy, out of the way, and that through your spirit, you speak truth and uplifting words so that anyone and everyone who hears will be inspired to spend more time with you, to surrender more fully to you and just feel a joy in knowing that they have spent time with you. We come before you and ask these things in the name and the power of our one and only Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Wonderful prayer. And it is such a privilege to partake of the word of God. And these last few weeks, we've been talking about the series of God's Word is Food, which is based on my book available on Amazon by the same name. And it is actually based on a scripture from Job chapter 23, verse 12. And so our focus scripture for this series is as follows. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And once again, for those who have not been tuning into this, this scripture inspired me on a challenge for 90 days to consume God's word as much or more than my physical food. And I experienced much transformation by doing that. It wasn't a legalistic requirement but it was something that was Holy Spirit led and I decided to take up the challenge and I experienced so many blessings from that practice 
that I decided to write a book about it. So in these in this series, I wanted to share the lessons learned from that challenge with you as well. So let me go ahead and just recap what we've been talking about and what we talked about last week. Now, last week, what we talked about, the item on the menu was living water. And we discussed how water symbolizes how the Lord's presence brings times of refreshing to us. Because on our journey with the Lord, we learn to rest in him and receive his strength and his supply to meet our daily needs. This week, the next item on the menu is harvest produce. And we're going to talk about some of the things that are necessary to produce an abundant harvest in our lives because we serve a God who is generous in sharing blessings with us. So in this lesson, we're going to talk about a key biblical principle, and that is of sowing and reaping. So when we sow seeds of obedience to God's will and God's way, we reap a harvest of satisfaction, contentment, and spiritual nourishment. And the scripture that we're actually going to focus in on is John chapter 4, verse 34. And it's from Jesus, and he said to them, and he was talking to his disciples, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I think that is just so remarkable because Jesus, even when he was just 12 years old, he told his parents, he said, do you not know that I must be about my father's business? And that was Jesus's priority in his life was fulfilling the will of the father for his life. And in a similar fashion as his disciples, that is our priority as well to do the will of the father who sent us and to finish his work that he has called us to do. So I have a confession that I'd like to share with you. And this is one that I would like you to meditate on. And this is also written in the God's Word is Food book as well. But this is the confession that we're going to speak this week. As a child of God, my food is to do the will of my Father. I sow to the Spirit in my thoughts, words, and actions and reap an abundant harvest of love joy, peace, and self-control. I sow words of encouragement and support to friends, co-workers, and family members and reap stronger, more satisfying relationships as a result. Because in the end, it's all about bringing the kingdom of God with us wherever we go and inspiring others by our example to say to themselves, or pray to the Lord, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Because they want the peace and the joy, love, self-control, all the things that they see evident in us. That is the fruit that we bear. So let me just go ahead and, and share some of the thoughts that I have about this week's study about harvest produce. And I'm going to get Judy's thoughts in here in just a minute. But here are some thoughts that I had in studying about harvest produce and the idea of sowing and reaping, the principle of sowing and reaping. And and we know that when we eat most of the foods that we eat, fruits and vegetables, they must be planted, 
and they must be harvested before they can be brought to the table. And we know, many of us, and I know for sure that eating is one of life's great pleasures. But, you know, unless you're living off a diet of animal products only, you're eating food that someone took the time to plant and harvest. And in John chapter 4, verses 31 through 36, we were see, we saw, or we see that the disciples were trying to get Jesus to eat, but he told them that his food was to do the will of the father that sent him and just think about when you've had a good meal when you have a good meal you feel satisfaction you feel contentment and nourishment after you're fed properly and that same sense of deep satisfaction can also be had through obedience to God's word and his will daily And one of the things that God wants us to do as believers in the Lord Jesus is to draw others into the kingdom. And we do that by the seeds that we sow into our own hearts through study of his word and the seeds that we sow into other people's lives. So I'm going to ask some questions that I want you to think about as we talk about the concept of sowing and reaping. And I really want you to stop and think about the seeds that you are planting right now. Here's a question. Are you planting as much word into your heart through diligent study and meditation as you could be? This is just a question that I want you to consider, not one that's designed to bring about any guilt or condemnation, but just an assessment to see where you're at at this particular time concerning God's word and how much you're planting in your heart at this moment. Second question, when you go into work or your business or whatever, can people tell that you are a follower of Jesus Christ by the way that you act? Hmm. Definitely something to consider. At home, third question, do you demonstrate the love of Christ to your family? And see, for me, what that looks like on a practical standpoint is there's a scripture that says being slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to wrath. I always say to myself, that's one of the hardest scriptures for me to practice. And not really slow to wrath because that's not really my issue, but being slow to speak. Because a lot of times when someone says something to you, you immediately want to say something back. But the Bible tells us to be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to wrath. So that's one thing that you may want to consider when you're thinking about whether you're demonstrating the love of Christ to your family. That's one way. And then the last question is, if you have children, are you as patient with them when they make mistakes as God is with you? So these are some questions that I'd like you to consider when you're thinking about the type of seeds that you are planting right now in your own heart and the seeds that you are sowing in other people's lives that will hopefully bring about a harvest in their lives, a good harvest in their lives. So Judy, I would like you to share any thoughts that you have as we're talking about the concept of sowing and reaping. 
bringing forth an abundant harvest for the kingdom of God. And when we talk about sowing and reaping, of course, we're talking about the choices that we make and the consequences thereof. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, sister, on this. <laughs> well, I can barely speak because I'm like bloody and battered, right? So um, do you, because I'm just rewording some of these for my life. When you're out in the world, can people tell that you're a follower of Christ by the way you act? Mm. When I'm like screaming at that person, how does that work out? And then forget the children. It says, are you as patient with anyone when they make mistakes as God is with you? Oh, oh no. Grace and Judy are like rarely in the same sentence. So thank you for that exhortation, sister. The other thing I want to thank you for is you always remind us how generous God is. You said in your confession mm -hmm. that when we sow, then we will reap an abundant harvest. Mm -hmm. You know, not like a pathetic harvest like I get in my uh, garden most years because I forget to water it, but um, an abundant harvest. Like we reap and we get this abundant harvest. So that's huge. And then the other thing that you said that, that I just triggered this thought, and that is, you were talking about in chapter in John chapter 4, 31 and 36, the disciples were trying to get Jesus to eat, but he said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. So I, I thought about, have you ever been, and I'd like our, our listeners to think about this, have you ever been so engaged, so fully engaged and, and wrapped up in a project that you are fully enjoying that you forget to eat? Or you, or you miss your plane, or you know, whatever that is. Or you're reading a great novel and it's a page turner, and I missed a plane because I was reading a book one time. So if that is the depth of engagement that Jesus was in doing the will of His Father, and He calls us to be so engaged that maybe we even forget to eat. And then the last comment I had. I have been really hovering the last couple of days on Mark 13 and 14. And um, Jesus is talking about a second coming, and the disciples are trying to get from him, when is he coming back? And he's saying, you know what? Ain't telling. Nobody knows. But in, in Mark 13, and I have to say, I don't know that I even remember the exact verse, but he says, stay awake. And in that passage, he says, Stay awake, like four or five times, which which says, be on the alert, have an unwavering vigilance in your attention, be preoccupied with Jesus, be mindful, intentional, and is not does that not also include our food choices? Be vigilant, stay awake. I started thinking about it, and I'm actually going to do um, a podcast on this that might turn into multiple podcasts, but but how do we stay away? And and part of that is, you know, being active, being in the Word, that keeps us awake. That is, to me, in my little pea brain, that stay awake, it is very similar to sowing and reaping. Because when you're sowing things like, reading the word and prayer and uplifting another and 
and and sowing good seed and both spiritually or physically when you're staying awake, when you're sowing good seed, eating well, exercising regularly, stretching, strength training, sowing good seed physically, that's when we stay awake. That's how we stay alive. So, so uh, this whole sowing and reaping we could talk about forever, but but it again in in my thought it it goes hand in hand with Jesus' call for us to stay awake, which means sow good seed, thus reap a good harvest. Mm. Yeah, that is such a good word, Judy, and I love that that you brought in about how it's important it is to be aware and awake. And the word that came up for me as you were speaking was the word intentional. Because to me, living a successful life is about being intentional and not just allowing life to pass you by and just responding to the impulse of the moment, but being intentional about what your priorities are and what your values are. And then to each day, assure yourself or at least be intentional about your activities and whether they line up with your priorities and whether they line up with your values. And part of that, the first step of change is to be aware and awake about what actually is going on rather than falling asleep at the wheel. I'm mixing metaphors there. But anyway, it's still it's still about being awake and being intentional and aware about what really is happening. And you look at your harvest and say to yourself, is this something that I really want in my life? Oh, no, I don't really want this in my life. So I better go back and look at the type of seeds I'm planting or whether there are other people who are planting seeds in my life that I really don't want in my life. So I may have to make some decisions about whether I want to limit associations with those people who are planting seeds that uh, are reaping a harvest that I don't want in my life. So um, I love that word about being awake. That is so important. But these questions that I asked are questions that are meant to increase your awareness about the seeds that you are planting because the Lord's desire is that you have an abundant harvest because he's so, and and you're right, Judy, I do have to say it over and over again about how generous God is. He's not stingy. He's generous with his grace and he's generous with his mercy and he's generous with his provision. So I'm going to say that if you do find when you're assessing those questions, and you find that you need some work in those areas, then now is the time to rededicate yourself to planting, to sowing. And part of that is to plant more seeds of God's word into your heart. Meditate on it. Think about it. Speak it. Because you do want this word to become a part of who you are, a part of your identity. And then even as you're planting more seeds of God's word into your heart, then Consider the people that you meet and how you can sow into their lives. Give a smile, speak a kind word, or offer to help someone else who's need, who needs it because we're not living just for ourselves. We're living for the kingdom of God and to make a positive impact into the kingdom and hopefully draw others into the kingdom so that they too become part of the family of God. And not only when we do these things, Will we be doing the will of our Father? 
but we're also going to reap blessings for ourselves and enjoy the harvest of an abundant life. And I know that I'm in question mode today. So these are some other questions that I also had. And now this one's about the harvest. Before we were talking about the seeds. So now we're going to focus on the harvest that you're getting. So these are some questions here. Now, in what areas in your life are you satisfied with the harvest that you're getting? That you're looking and you're saying, hmm, you know, thank you, Lord. You've got a heart of thanksgiving because you're liking the harvest that you're seeing. You're thinking, it's, oh, my goodness, I just, I'm so grateful to the Lord for what he has supplied to me. I'm satisfied with this harvest right now. Or, number two, in what areas are you dissatisfied with the harvest that you're receiving? Because remember, if I say you're dissatisfied with the harvest, you need to go back and take a look at the seeds that you are planting. And then finally, last question here, in those areas in which you are dissatisfied, ask yourself, what seeds can you sow today that will ensure that you will have a better harvest tomorrow? Because we know that if we plant corn seeds, then we're going to reap corn. If we plant tomato seed, we're going to reap tomatoes. There's no getting around that. So the harvest corresponds with the type of seeds that we're planting. So, Judy, let me ask you a question, sister, because I will say that, you know, from my perspective, back uh, many years ago, almost 20 years ago, when I struggled with emotional eating and experienced weight gain as a result of that, I didn't like the harvest that I was receiving. I didn't like being being heavy. I did not like having to climb stairs and being out of breath or being out of breath through all these activities of daily living. At one point, I went to an amusement park with some friends of mine, and I got on a roller coaster and, and couldn't get the seat belt around me, and the attendant told me that I had to get off the roller coaster because I couldn't secure myself in the seat. I didn't like that harvest. And it took a chest pain for me to say, this is a harvest that I'm reaping based on the seeds I've been sowing. And when God told me it is not supposed to be this way, he wasn't condemning, but he was loving. And he's a God of restoration and not condemnation. So I had to seek his wisdom to say, Lord, I don't like this harvest. Show me how to plant better seeds. And he did. He showed me how to eat healthy, how to exercise how to manage stress and do all those things. And I am just so grateful that he gave me the wisdom to be able to plant better seeds and the strength to do that work. And as a result, he's being glorified in my life by the harvest that I'm reaping right now. So I am curious for you, what example or do you have an example of changing the seeds that you sow in order to change the harvest that you're reaping? Yes. First, (laughs) this all, this whole conversation about seeds and sowing and planting and reaping and all that is, is really applicable and front of mind for me because I have a garden. And so for me, I, I contemplate the concept in the reality of a real garden. And so when I think about planting, one of the things that comes up is it builds patience because what doesn't happen 
is you don't plant seeds and have a harvest tomorrow. Absolutely. And in the midst of it, you have to water and weed and all that kind of stuff. So one of the things about planting in, in anticipation of sowing is the whole concept of patience building, which I think is a podcast students should come. The other thing about planting for a healthy harvest is that extracting the weeds is painful. I mean, I spend probably as much or more time pulling weeds than I do with the watering and the initial sowing. And I think that's also applicable because weeds pop up, right? I mean, the parable of the sowers. And we have to be diligent. Again, again, stay awake and pull those weeds. And they're a lot easier to pull when they're baby weeds than when they're big old weeds and you have to, like, hook it up to a pickup truck to pull it out. Because the deeper the roots, the harder it is to pull those weeds. So mm-hmm. um, I, I have a suggestion for our listeners, and that is plant seeds, not weeds. Mm-hmm. And then the final, com- the final, because what you asked me, Kim, was, do I have any ideas about how to change the seeds that you sow to change your harvest? And I have said this again and again, and I'm going to say it again because I'm going to keep saying it for the rest of my days. And that is, and I think this is also going to be another podcast series that I might call Walking in Tandem. And one of the best ways to change your seeds is to encourage someone else. And I believe that part of this concept of staying awake is not only doing things so that you are awake, you listener, for you to stay awake, but you will stay awake even better if you are encouraging someone else to stay awake. Who else out there is vulnerable to planting seeds that do not uh, reap the harvest that you're wanting? So be aware. Be awake. Who out there could you say, how are you? Like, really, how are you? And um, get in, engaged with them. How can I pray for you? Because that is planting the God and, and pray for them and gently give them scripture that could help heal their hearts because those are godly seeds and those things uplift you and then you go home and you're uplifted and you're not depressed or feeling glum and therefore you go to the refrigerator and look for a canister of ice cream you are like thank you god you are celebrating the work of the holy spirit and you want to continue the celebration by feeding your body well, going for a walk, a praise walk, you know, whatever that looks like. But good seed uh, begets good seed. And I think that's really, really important, which which is wrapped into the stay awake. As long as you're awake, you're planting good seed, which you're more prone to plant more good seed, and then you're prone to plant more good seed, and then you see some harvest, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I really like having strawberries instead of weeds. So it is an ongoing process, but it is definitely, definitely, definitely strengthened when you are staying awake to the needs and encouraging someone else. It's not all about you, folks. It's about encouraging someone else. 
Amen, sister. Absolutely. And there's one thing that you mentioned just now when you're talking about the weeds, plant seeds, not weeds. A lot of times you don't even have to plant the weeds, though. They just come up automatically. Uh, And it's kind of like the default of this world. We live in a weedy world. Yeah. So we, that's even another reason. Yeah. That's even another reason why we want to stay awake and aware to tend to our fields to be sure that our fields doesn't get overrun by weeds. But, you know, Judy, this is a scripture and I thought about this as I even was reviewing about the concept of having an abundant harvest and the harvest produce that we're partaking of. But I thought about Jeremiah chapter two, verse 21. And this is a really sobering scripture. And this is what the prophet said. He was speaking to the nation of Israel. And he said, yet, excuse me, this voice of God, really. But he said, yet, I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into a degenerate plant of an alien vine? And I said, wow, oh, my goodness, Lord, you have a way with words. He says that they were planted as a noble vine, a seed of high quality. But yet and still, they turned into a degenerate plant of an alien vine. And these are some words that stood out to me when I was meditating on this verse. And the words that stood out to me, first of all, was the word noble. The word noble means having or showing fine personal qualities or high moral principles and ideals. God planted the nation of Israel. He said he planted them a noble vine. They were meant to operate with high moral principles and ideals and have fine personal qualities. They were expected to reflect the character of the God that they served. And in a similar way, we have been planted a noble vine, a seed of highest quality ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. But then there was a turn. And the word that stood out to me next was degenerate. Because he talked about how they were planted to be noble, but they turned into a degenerate plant. And degenerate means having lost the physical, mental, or moral qualities considered normal and desirable, showing evidence of decline. And see, Judy, that goes back to what you originally told us about, um, about staying awake. Clearly, the nation of Israel were asleep. They had taken the noble vine themselves to seek the word of God for granted. They didn't tend to it. They fell asleep and in their disinterest or neglect, it says that they lost the physical, mental, or moral qualities considered normal and desirable. They show evidence of decline. And this was a decline in their relationship with the Lord. They they saw other things in their lives as a priority. And as a result, they lost the nobility that the Lord had originally intended for them to operate in. And then finally, the last word 
that stood out to me was the word alien. Now we got one noble word, one good word here. They were planted as a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. Then they became a degenerate plant on an alien vine. And the word alien from the Latin word alienus, and that means belonging to another. And see, these things are warnings to me that we can have seed of high quality, but if we don't turn over or pay attention or stay awake, aware, intentional about planting godly seeds, if we fall into the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, those godly seeds can be overwhelmed through worldly seeds, which are akin to weeds. So, Judy, I'm curious about your thoughts about this scripture, how God said he planted them a noble vine, but somehow they turned into a degenerate plant of an alien vine where God was like, I don't even recognize you anymore. What are your thoughts about that? You know, Kim, it really makes me sad. It it really makes me sad. And when you tell us that alien comes from the Latin alienus, which means belonging to another. That's like a stab in my heart because, you know, the word is so clear that God is a loving God, steadfast love, and he is jealous for our affection. And we, again and again, are adulterers where we go to another lover, right? So I was, I was meditating this morning on Psalm 110.1, and it reads, The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord said to my Lord, or David, sit at my right hand until I, or Jesus, the Lord, David wrote this, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. The Lord, Messiah, Yahweh. And what triggered me about that passage is that I feel like we are unaccustomed to honoring. Like the Brits, you know, they have a a reverence for the, you know, the king and the queen, right? But especially we in America, what do we revere? You know, the sad thing is we revere athletes and movie stars, which is pathetic. But but I think we, we are just unaccustomed to revering, having a just contrite reverence for God Almighty. And I, I wrote this morning an impassioned devotion. And that kind of impassioned devotion Inspires us to plant godly seeds, including caring for our physical temples. So, so I think it, it all goes back to who is God? God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, Yahweh. When we really sit and contemplate, which we can't, we can't even get our head around it. But when we think about who is God Almighty, we want to plant good seeds. 
we don't want to be adulterers. And to be honest with you, Kim, it makes me, I'll just speak for myself, so repentant, so full of remorse that that God of impatience was, I put ahead of the L-O-R-D, Messiah, God Almighty. That's sad. That's, that's really sad. So, so I think my closing thoughts are when we really take time to muse on the Almighty, we are, we are moved to plant good seed out of gratitude. Amen, sister. Amen. And that's a great thought to end on. And, and our final exhortation here with this, this session, and we're talking about sowing and reaping is to tend to your fields, which are your minds. And I know the Eastern religion, they talk about emptying your minds in meditation. But as Christians, we're told through the word of God to fill them, to think deeply about God's word, savor it, and allow our minds to make connections on how to apply it to our daily lives. And and that includes meditating on God's character, just allowing us to revere and honor the Lord in the way that we think about him and his character and all that he has done in our lives. And the Lord promises in the word that when we renew our minds, we are transformed. That is the work of transformation. It is renewing our minds. What happens on the inside of us eventually will show itself outside. So we're transformed by renewing our minds and we're also empowered to live according to God's will and God's way. And and in doing so, we glorify him with everyone that we meet. And they, we hope, will see the God in us and decide to follow him just as we have made that decision ourselves. So I'm going to go ahead and close out this session. I pray that it has spark some some ideas within you and some soul searching as to the seeds that you're planting and then the harvest that you are receiving as a result and also challenges you that if you don't like your harvest, go back and look at the seeds that you're planting. So Judy, I'm going to go ahead and close us out and, and pray for our listeners that this message will sink down deep into their hearts and inspire them to action to wake up and assess the concept of sowing and reaping and how it's in operation in their lives so that they too can reap an abundant harvest. So gracious Heavenly Father, in Jesus' wonderful, mighty, matchless name, Lord, that name, there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. So, Lord, we are grateful that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And you have given us the noble seed of your word, which to plant in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, may this word fall on good ground and bring forth an abundant harvest for your glory. You said some 60. 
excuse me, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. We want to bear a 100-fold out of the seed that we plant in the harvest that we reap. So, Lord, show us if there are any areas in our lives, any thoughts that we are nurturing within ourselves that are planting seeds that will not bring forth a good harvest, then show us how to uproot those as they're trying to take root in our hearts. We don't want that. We desire to plant only seeds that are godly, that will reflect your character when they come become full grown. So we do thank you, Lord, that we reap an abundant harvest because that is your desire for us so that others can take taste the spiritual fruit that we bear and taste and see that you are good. We pray for our listeners as well that you perfect everything that is concerning them because you gave us a warning not to allow the cares of this world to choke the word. You said that you desire that we not allow the cares of this world to choke the word within us so that it becomes unfruitful. We don't want that, Lord. Jesus told us that by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And we desire to walk worthy of the calling by which we have been called, to walk like our dear Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, because that desire is according to your will, we know that you hear it. And if you hear it, then we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of you. So we thank you, Lord, and we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen, sister. Thank you so much for bringing this rich messaging. I I love this whole idea of sowing and reaping, and it's so appropriate. And so thank you. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Well, I give all praise to our father and his generosity that he inspired the prophets of old to share the word that the Holy Spirit inspired them to write down for our learning and for our benefit. So God willing, we will get on the call next week and we will discuss another meal and enjoy another meal from God's word. So thank you, sister. I love you and you have an awesome week. You too. And stay awake. (laughs) will do bye-bye bye-bye thanks for listening to stirring words be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session and please tell your friends about us if you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message you can reach kim at takebackyourtemple.com and judy at holyhealthclub.com until next week May you be stirred by God's transformative word.